Hello, welcome to the Sound of History podcast. My Hello. name is Nick. I forgot what I say here. Why? It's your <laughs> name. My name is Nick. Forgetting what you're going to say is my shtick. That's true. Well, I have a script. I don't have a script for this part. The What's your name? The thing you've been saying for forever. My yeah. name is Mika. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. <laughs> Hello. And in this show, I try and teach Mika music history. Yay. Starting from the beginning, and we're now in like the Start 50s. Start from the beginning, now we're here in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving right along. We're going to be done with this by 2023. Woo. Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll be I done get, a lot if sooner. If I get than COVID, that. we might have to just knock out a ton of them. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Okay, well. Follow us on social media, twitter.com slash sound of history with an underscore. I was going to do it. Okay. Uh, and then on Facebook, I think it's just sound of history, but yep. Facebook doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> I mean, Facebook does stuff. We don't do much on Facebook. It's just Twitter. We don't do much on Twitter either. That's true. But we do way more on Twitter than we do on Facebook. Yeah. So follow us there. Keep up to date. We actually posted for two weeks in a row. Woo. Which is on a Twitter? No, like an episode. Oh, because we've had to take a lot of breaks, so. But this yeah. should be our third. This should be our third week in a row. I thought. I thought that we did it every other week. That was the original plan, and then we went on a very hot streak of doing it every week, and then we. Who who the heck knows what <laughs> we do? Not me. Every once in a while, we'll put an episode up on a Thursday. That's basically all I need to know. Follow us on Spotify and iTunes so you'll be the first to know Ooh. when an episode comes up. Well, we have a podcast within our podcast called Mika is the Host Now. So it's time. Out of the box. <laughs> Out of the box. <laughs> it's not even your show's name. <laughs> no, but the cats are in the box and that's what my brain did. Fine. It's a weird theme for this, but okay. What? <laughs> I just say what I think because okay. I don't think much. It is out of the box. What I think? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my brain is not creative. Okay, well, what is your... Crop tops! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. That's pretty much it. That's it? That's your whole segment? Crop tops! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mika's no longer the host. <laughs> it now, just I keeps guess. getting shorter and shorter and shorter as You're I spend less and less time thinking about it. I didn't think you spent any time <laughs> thinking about it, it I normally. I spent five minutes before we start <laughs> recording thinking about it. Yeah, now you're just yelling a word and then we're moving Two. on. I feel like crop top is at crop least tops. a hyphenated word. No. No? Okay. Well, all right. Know your language, sir. So Mika is no, no longer the host now. I don't have anything important <laughs> to say ever. Why did you give me a segment? <laughs> um, you even named it. You like your segment. I do, but I'm realizing that as I don't do anything new, and I've already talked about all of the things that I love, I have nothing to say. <laughs> because I've already talked about like my favorite music. I've talked about, I don't know, crop tops and... Limoncello LaCroix and <laughs> cats and cats probably and at some that's point. That's all I care about. <laughs> well, I'm and offended. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to do the actual music history part of the show and we're moving into a brand new era. What are 
are we talking about? It's a brand new time for the, the sound of history. I know that's not the words. <laughs> Do you remember what we talked about last episode? No. You don't. It was our big one. <gasps> Bing. Yeah. It was the Bing Crosby special. Bing. It ended up being like an hour and seven minutes long. So not as long as I thought it was going to be, but still longer than a normal episode for us. Today, we're moving out of the wartime era, which means we're getting to the point where exciting new music starts emerging from basically everywhere. Recorded music starts to become more ubiquitous and cheap. I don't know what ubiquitous means. It just means like everywhere, basically. Okay. People can create music, and that leads to some, or to quite a lot of innovation in music. So that means it gets kind of hard to talk about on this show because it's no longer like this is the genre in America and then it moves to this. It's just like everything's happening all at once right now. So we're going to do the best we can <laughs> as we move along through this. You're going to do the best you can and <laughs> I'm going to do the bare minimum like normal. <laughs> Today Ooh. we're looking and I'm also calling this like for the next few weeks. This is our like build up to rock and roll. Like, we're getting to rock and roll, because rock and roll is, like, the biggest genre, I think, to come out of America. Maybe besides jazz, but, you know, they're kind of dependent. I'm excited. So this is our, like, for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about, like, the precursors to rock and roll before we finally get there. So today, we're looking at a very cool style of music known as doo-wop. Doo-wop, (laughs) doo-wop. My question is, what do you know about doo-wop? Just that little jingle. The hand jive. Okay. From Greece. <laughs> That's Interesting. it. Interesting. All right. Well, okay. That's all you need to is know. Is that I guess. even doo-wop? I don't think it that's, is. That's all doo-wop is. So I guess we're done. It's just Greece. I was just going to play you Greece and just, just record Greece. you reacting to Greece. That was going to be this that episode. That would be absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Just sit you in a closet with a laptop and just have you watch Grease by yourself and <laughs> record yeah. your reaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would literally be so much more entertaining than anything <laughs> I normally have to say on my own. Doo-wop is a type of rhythm and blues music, which we haven't really talked about yet on a large scale, but we're going to someday. I actually just finished writing those episodes, so it's in... Four weeks from now, three or four weeks is when we talk about rhythm and blues. Okay, cool. I am glad you said rhythm and blues again because I had already forgotten <laughs> what we were talking about. R&B. Doo-wop. Oh, my God. Did you not know that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the R&B of today is very different than original rhythm and blues. Original rhythm and blues was just kind of a catch-all term for African-American music. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so dumb. <laughs> did anyone else like not know? No. <laughs> Everyone else did. Especially people who listen to this. Guys, ask ask people <laughs> in your lives. Just do you know what rhythm and blues are is? <laughs> because I know that there's more of us out there. <laughs> or at least I'm hoping or just that do there's you know more. what R and B stands for is probably a better question. Right, right, right. But then maybe you could even guess. I'd probably guess, but I wouldn't have known. I just really want there to be someone else out there. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, anyway, we're going to talk about rhythm and blues later. Later. It's interesting. It's also very hard for me to write because it's everything, but whatever. You're everything. Oh. Oh. 
Duop became very popular with the youth in the late 1940s, primarily in African American communities. What? <laughs> it's just so funny how you say the youth. It's like yeah. the youths. <laughs> That's all I could think of every single time. Doo-wop is, would stay popular like into the 60s and through the 60s, but we're just going to talk about like the birth of doo today. There's no real point to like chart where it goes because, you know, it's just doo It doesn't like evolve much <laughs> past its birth. <laughs> doo is known for vocal harmony with an easy melodic line set to little or no instrumentation. I wouldn't have labeled that. Really? Like, it's like quartet. Thinking about it, I can it's like, like barbershop see quartets. It, but yeah. Generally, there's a lead vocalist who sings over a backing arrangement of singers singing nonsense syllables. The lyrics are typically nothing profound and generally about love. That's the part that I would have got. Yeah, because of Greece, because Greece is Not the opposite of profound. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I hate Grease. Grease is a stupid movie. I agree, but dang. I'm not even sure that that's what I would consider most of the music in Grease. Like, I definitely wouldn't. No. Just, like, when I think of that, I think of, like, the 50s. Yeah. And I well, Grease is, like, Greece. musical theater. Probably just mixed in with, like, doo-wop mixed in a little bit, but it's very much show tunes. I it's think not it's, no, it's like rock and roll, right? Uh, uh, whatever. It is. Anyway. Duop first rose to massive popularity in the 50s, hit its peak in the early 60s, but continued to influence music styles and artists long after that. The origins of Duop can be traced back to the 30s and 40s, with records by people like the Mills Brothers and the Ink Spots. The Ink Spots. Yeah. I like it. The Mills Brothers were famous and somewhat revolutionary in their focus and development on small group harmony. I think I like this because I love like harmony. Yeah, I was. I thought when I was writing this that you were gonna really like these next two episodes. I always really enjoy that. Like, you're gonna, I think you're gonna exciting. really like the next episode. They would use their voices to simulate reed instrument sections instead of just like actually having a reed. In. So it was probably way cheaper. I love it. They were a group of four brothers from Ohio, originally known as Four Boys and a Guitar. That's so cute. Also, it reminds me of Walk the Moon. <laughs> we're walking moon. We're from Ohio. Is that what they say? Yeah. Oh, cool. Did they say that they're four boys and a guitar? No, but <laughs> they are. <laughs> Just with other instruments as well? Yeah. Their early recordings came with a note ensuring listeners that the only instrument they were hearing was a guitar. That's how good they were at simulating instruments vocally. People didn't really believe that all they were hearing was a guitar and voices. That's freaking awesome, dude. So it's acapella with a guitar. Yeah. It's, like, it just gets get better and better. <laughs> they grew super popular in the early 30s because people couldn't believe they didn't have a band with them. Eventually, in the 40s, they did start performing with an orchestra, but their work with vocal harmonies set the stage for doo-wop. Hey, I forgot who we were talking about. <laughs> the Mills Brothers. Okay. Also known as Four Boys and a Guitar. Four Boys and a Guitar. From Ohio. Do you want to hear the Ohio. Mills Brothers? Yeah. Singing a song called Tiger Rag. In the big broadcast, which was Bing Crosby's first full-length movie. Tiger Rag? Yeah, like ragtime. Like rag's another okay. name for basically song. Where's 
that That's incredibly difficult. Here he goes with the trumpet again. That is stupid. <laughs> also, my favorite part is how he like raises his hands like yeah. someone like holding a trumpet would. Like it's very graceful. To just look like he's doing a bird call. That is stupid. Follow that tiger. Follow that tiger. Follow that tiger. Follow that tiger. So it sounds like you're impressed with the Mills brothers. I love them. So yeah, that was like. Are they actually brothers? Yes. Okay. There were four brothers from Ohio. We went over this. I could only pick up one fact about something at a time. <laughs> and you took Ohio. <laughs> I did. So, yeah, they were one of the first groups who were, like, performing with just vocal harmonies together without, like, a backing band behind it. Like, Bing had his rhythm boys who were, like, harmonizing, but they they were, like, taking turns as soloists, basically, not, like, harmonizing together. The Ink Spots, the other band we mentioned earlier, were formed in 1934 in Indianapolis. They featured Bill Kinney as the lead vocalist, backed by three other singers, who I guess aren't important because I didn't write them down. Wow, that's rude. They were very revolutionary in their use of vocal harmonies and I think could very well be considered the first actual doo-wop group. Then why didn't you write all their names down? Because Bill Kinney was the lead. That's disrespectful. I highly doubt you're going to... You probably don't even remember the name of the lead singer. Bill (laughs) Kinney. It's two first names. You wouldn't have if I didn't. Bill Kenny. <laughs> they weren't trying to mimic instruments. They were just harmonizing vocally. They basically created the importance of a bass and a tenor singer as part of the vocal ensemble. I love basses. Here is the Ink Spots in 1939 with their song called If I Didn't Care. If I didn't care more than words can say, this might have been later. If, if I didn't care, would I feel this way? Just something that they all come in. Probably. Isn't That's the ink, ink spots. They're doing a lot Great of vocal name, harmonies. Not quite as hardcore as the name implies. 
Okay. I didn't realize the ink spots implied a hardcore. Yeah, it does. I like got yeah, super right, excited. Like ink spots. So that's kind of where it started. Like those were the first two primary groups who were doing like vocal group harmonization and stuff. And that kind of people were like, oh, this is interesting. Let's try this thing now, which was kind of the beauty of recorded music being widely available. People could do that now. Cool. But after World War II, African-American teenagers thought of this style of music, the jazz vocal ensemble, as old people music, and they wanted something all their own. That's right, you <laughs> They realized that you didn't need instruments to do vocal harmonization, which made it way more accessible. So they started to experiment and try new things. The first wave of doo-wop pioneers became known as the bird groups. That's cute. Because there were quite a few groups that really started to push the envelope of what was possible with vocal harmonies, and they were all named after birds. Like the ravens, the orioles, and the robins. That's <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Also, I've heard of the robins, for sure, yeah. right? I don't know. Okay. But yeah. So, I don't know if we get into this, but yeah, okay, I think we do in a little bit. But anyway... The Ravens had a bass lead singer, which other groups started to copy after they did it. Normally, the bass was always just a part of the ensemble, because it's weird to have a bass as a sing as as the lead. No, very cool. Well, here's the Ravens with their singer Jimmy Ricks. I'm so excited. <laughs> Bass lead singer. This is all way slower than I anticipated. Yeah. I want to be like, where's the tiger? Where's the tiger? <laughs> Here's the tiger. Here's the tiger. Like, that was the speed that I could get behind. So basically, you just like four boys and guitar. I love You're just a Mills Brothers four fan. four boys and the guitar. Yeah. But, like, one of the cool things about these kind of groups is that, like, one group would be like, huh, I, w I bet this is interesting. Let's try this. And then every other group was like, that is interesting. Let's do that, too. So they're, like, all just working together and, like, playing off each other and helping each other. Love just it. Just the cool little environment that they had going on. This kind of music is best known as street corner singers. These groups in this music developed by young people singing together on street corners in urban centers like Detroit and Chicago. Sorry, I'm looking for four boys and a guitar on Spotify. <laughs> They're the Mills Brothers. Okay. It started on the East Coast in places like Philadelphia and New York and eventually spread out West. They would rehearse on street corners, under bridges, in locker rooms, basically anywhere with good echoes for the good acoustics. I found them on Spotify. I'm not surprised. <laughs> they were a big group back then. <laughs> yeah, but Spotify is now... Are you paying attention? You're not paying attention, are you? I kind of am. 
So that's a no. This is released in 2020. That's probably just added there on 2020. Oh, it's this song. Yeah. I didn't know they did this song. I'm going to cut all this out. <laughs> it's taking Don't. us off topic. Who, no, this is very on topic. We've moved way beyond that. It doesn't matter. I'm still hung up on them. <laughs> so cute. Okay. Okay. They're practicing in locker rooms, anywhere with good acoustics. I get that. I was a choir kid. I'm <laughs> with you. It started on the East Coast in places like Philadelphia and New York and eventually spread out West and like the hotbeds are like Detroit. That was one of the biggest ones. Singing was seen as entertainment and a pastime for these kids who might not be able to afford to do really anything else. Singing was free. You just meet up with your friends and sing on street corners. Also, from gospel groups at local churches. That's how a lot of them like started out. The backing harmonies and their made-up sounds formed the basis of the name doo-wop. They focused basically on the sexual fantasies of the teenagers singing them in the 40s and the 50s. Risque. <laughs> This music also allowed the young African Americans to express themselves in public in a white-dominated society by using inside jokes, innuendos, and hidden meanings in some of the lyrics. That's hilarious. Yeah. Additionally, Italian Americans became the impetus of the white doo-wop groups. They were also from rougher, poor neighborhoods and used the music to entertain themselves and their friends. It's just interesting. Like I, that wouldn't happen today. I guess it does. Hip hop. Yeah. Like a lot of the rappers come from like rougher neighborhoods where they literally just like are making rap music because that's what they can do. And that doesn't really cost much money to write music and perform. Mm -hmm. But as innovative and as interesting as all of this was, it was the traditional lead vocalist accompanied by backing harmonies. Like they didn't really stray too far from that. But some of the gospel groups started to experiment even more and do something different with doo-wop. What'd they do? I love gospel stuff. Anytime one of the gospel groups turned secular, they almost always had a smash hit out of it. In 1952, a former gospel group named Five Royales released a song called Baby Don't Do It that became a huge hit, and they never went back to gospel music. Sounds about par for the course. <laughs> they had sections where the lead would have quick interactions with the rest, with the rest of the group and that was something new and different for vocal ensembles. So like call and response type deal? Sort of. Here's Baby Don't Do It. So we can see if we can pick out what I'm talking about here. Tell me, you're going to put me 
All right. This baby don't do it. By the five royals. Don't do it. Royals? I don't, don't know. Do it's spelled it. like royals, but don't who knows? Do don't do it. Don't do it. The vocalist of that group is widely considered one of the innovators of soul music. That's cool. I can hear it when I listen to that song. Doo-wop started to hit its peak in the 50s and carried it into the early 60s. It was mainstream by this point, and its influence would carry over to rock, soul, R&B, and even hip-hop. In the 50s, these groups started to get recruited off of the street corners they sang on and thrust into recording booths. Then popular white singers started to copy the African-American vocal groups, which is a dead giveaway that the music is officially mainstream. <laughs> At the beginning of the genre, the common thing to do was to take a song that was already popular and rearrange it and like add a little spin on they it. They just while you remixed do that. it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> A few songs like that blew up, but by 1953, it was really clear that vocal harmony was the most important thing in the genre. Which is like, I don't know how they didn't know that before. It's like all the genre is, but, you know, whatever. It's not all it is. It's also innuendos. <laughs> and trumpets with your mouth. One group called the Flamingos. Heck yeah! Another bird group threw down the gauntlet with their song Golden Teardrops. They became one of the leaders in the genre for years to come after that first record. Do you want to hear Golden uh, Teardrops? Yes, I okay. want to hear Golden... What? Golden Teardrops. That's why I thought that my brain paused. There's Golden Teardrops by the Flamingos. I think it's just Flamingos. I think it's one of the first that highlighted the importance of like really good vocal harmonies. It's also just one that people were like, holy crap, this is good. And it made the Flamingos one of the best bands in doo-wop for like years after it. Or the Flamingos? Flamingos. The Flamingos were a five-piece band formed in Chicago based around lead vocalist, oh boy, Sully Solly? S-O-L-L-I-E. Solly McElroy. He wasn't a founding member, but he joined before they made it huge. So basically people consider him a founding member. But the real highlight of the group was the way they harmonized so well with each other. In the early days, female singers were pretty rare in doo-wop groups, until Lillian Leach started to gain popularity as the lead singer for a group called The Mellows. Born and raised in New York City, Lillian grew up performing in talent shows and stuff, like pretty much they all did. In 1953, when she was 16, she met three guys at a party who were singing in harmony. That's the way to start <laughs> a band! It sounds like the start of like Pitch Perfect or something. Pitch Perfect is all girls. <laughs> I know. 
It's all girls. Girl <laughs> no? power. Adam Adam Divine is in there. Yeah, in the boy group. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's a funny picture. Like, imagine just going to, like, a typical high school party today and just seeing three guys just sitting in a corner just harmonizing <laughs> together. I would That's your kind die. of party for sure. I... <laughs> My brain is breaking thinking about it. It's like a theater kid party. Like, that's what I imagine. They're like, I'm 95% sure that we did that. (laughs) Anyway, Lillian joined in on the harmony at the party, and she impressed them so much that they asked her to join their group. I bet she was cute. (laughs) She was shocked. She said, quote, girls didn't sing in the groups then. It was for the boys, end quote. She's infiltrating! (laughs) The group called themselves the Mellows because they liked to play softer ballad songs. Oh. <laughs> they made four recordings on a somewhat smaller label, and one of their songs got picked up by a local radio station in New York City. They also played a lot of local shows, but Lillian had such bad stage fright that she had to drink to calm her nerves before going out on stage. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. It's literally what you did. You popped a hard seltzer right before we started recording. No, I just <laughs> popped it. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because relatable. <laughs> they switched labels a couple of times. You good? I can't. I can't say that. On, uh, I can't say what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I can't keep it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the the Mellows switched labels a couple of times. They were never taken all that seriously, and people even misspelled Lillian's name all the time. <sighs> Disrespectful. At one point, she was relegated to backing vocals. Disrespectful! Basically, by 1958, they had almost nothing to show for their years of hard work and disbanded as a group. Lillian. Did they, did they have fun? Well, probably, but it was also probably very draining because, I mean, you're trying to, like, you're playing shows every night while still probably working a full time job. Probably hard. That sounds like Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Lillian gave up singing and started working at a factory before no. quitting that to become a housewife. Mm. She was convinced to return to the Mellows in 1984, so 30 years later. Interesting. Where they got some traction and wound up playing Radio City Music Hall in what? the Apollo Theater. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apollo is where we went to see Cursed Child, right? I know we've talked about this several times. No, the Apollo is like a bit, I think it's maybe Brooklyn or Harlem. Is Harlem. it really not? Where, are you sure? Yeah, we went. it's not like a Broadway, like it's a concert venue. Yeah, it's in Harlem. Okay. Why it's is temporarily it closed. so familiar? Because it's. Like Everything is temporarily closed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's massively famous. Like it's. Oh. Everyone played there. Oh. Ajax agrees that (laughs) it's fine that I didn't know that. So anyway, yeah, they played Radio City Music Hall in the Apollo Theater. The Mellows never had a national hit. They never charted. A large part of that was probably having a female vocalist in the 50s when that was not a thing that people did. Mm. That was unusual for doo-wop and people didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, women can't sing about exactly. love songs. Even though they had been for a while now. It was just not a duo. I don't know. It was weird. 
but now they are seen as massively influential, and Lillian is regarded as one of the best R&B vocalists of the 50s. Well, that's nice. They were cited as influences by some of the top female vocal groups of the following year. Even though she didn't see a lot of success, Lillian Leach paved the way for female vocalists in doo-wop, soul, and R&B. So I wanted to make sure that we at least talked about her for a little bit. Here is Lillian singing the only song she ever wrote for the Mellows called I Still Care. It wasn't their most popular song, but she wrote it, so it's the one I wanted to play. Phenomenal. I love you. I need you. I want you to be mine. Oh, yes, it hurts me to know that we must part. I always have a memory here in my heart. I pray. very talented you go girl yeah i mean she was she influenced a lot of people like the supremes and i don't think you really know a lot of but a lot of like the big motown artists that would come in the 60s yeah i know the supremes by name okay that's diana ross that's why yep diana ross and the supremes we talk about them next week a little bit that's all we're gonna say about doo-wop right now do you know, do you have a guess who we're going to talk about next week? I think you're really going to like it. Four boys and a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> There's not enough to make a le- whole episode on them, I don't think. Oh, no. Then no. We're going to talk about the Temptations. <gasps> <laughs> they were massive in the 60s and 70s, which is a bit further in time than I wanted to go with this but I really don't expect us to do a doo-wop part two. And I want to talk about the Temptations at some point, so it makes sense to talk about them during doo-wop. So that's what we're going to do. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. I really liked writing that one. All right, well, that's all we have on doo-wop. What are your thoughts? I like it. Also, where's the tiger? Where's the tiger? Here's the tiger. Here's the tiger. So who's your favorite, the Mellows or the Mills Brothers? Mills Brothers. Easy. Really? Better than Lillian? See, you know I don't prefer female vocalists 90% I do know that you're sexist. Whoa. (laughs) No. I'm just kidding. It is purely a sound thing. Even though one of your favorite bands is female-led. Yeah, but just one, and then the rest of what I I listen to is like... I just, like... Two of the bands that you recently have just been loving are female vocalists. Not completely. No, but mostly. Yeah. But like today I was trying to find some like power girl songs to listen to and I couldn't think of anything besides Lizzo. 
Yes. <laughs> it was Lizzo and Mr. Wives. And I was like, crap. <laughs> then like Lake Street Dive a little bit and, and Lizzie and um, Mr. Wives, and obviously, Mr. for people Wives. who don't know. And and I said that I said Mr. Wives, but we can say them again because I love Mandy and and. So Vanessa and Ingrid. We're back to Mika's the host now. That's all the female <laughs> vocalists that I like. Ever. And Lillian Leach. I do. I respect the heck out of her. All the right. heck. Well, that's doo-wop. Thank you, everyone, for listening if you made it this far. Join us next week to hear all about the temptations. It's going to be a fun one. You don't want to miss it. All right. Bye, everyone.